Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. What does it mean to live by God's Spirit and not our own? To live according to God's values and not those of the world? Together we'll explore these questions utilizing our First Church values to define how we might more fully live into them and truly trust in the Holy Spirit. This week's message of the week comes from Pastor Jen Tyler, who shares from Galatians 5 and challenges us to live by the Spirit. Here is the First Church message of the week. So today we are continuing to launch into this new spiritual season of this time of reset as we seek to find ways to live into our identity as God's beloved who are called to purposes that God alone could call us to as we are called to be a part of what God is doing both within and around us. And so today we're going to continue that journey as we talk about what it looks like for our spiritual relaunch to help us to dive into the importance of living by God's spirit and not our own. And so as we do so, won't you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give thanks for gathering us together here in this place And we ask that in this time, especially you would open our ears that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So, As hard as it may be for some of you, perhaps especially those of you who know me well, to believe, when I was growing up, one of the things in life that I was afraid of more than anything else, more than spiders, which is really saying something, uh, is public speaking. I hated having to get in front of people. And the worst was when you're in school and the teacher makes you do a group project and nobody will speak. And then there's added pressure because you don't know who's next, right? And then when you get a little older, they make you start doing speeches. And so I mastered the art of making my speech on one close, tiny little printed sheet of paper. So I had to hold it right here while I talked to everybody. What was really, really hard for me, though, was when one of our teachers got smart and asked us to use our hands to do something, so I had to look at her, and that really was the worst. I knew then that my teacher was going to grade me on things like my ability to make eye contact, and I really debated if it was worth just taking a bad grade. One of the first speeches I remember having to use my hands so I couldn't hold my paper here was when our teacher made us write a speech on something directive. I had to teach someone how to do something and give very specific instructions. And so I decided when I was asked to do this that I was going to do something obvious and simple so it wouldn't be so hard. I'm going to teach my class how to make a peanut butter sandwich because everyone knows how to do that. The ingredients are not hard to come by and it would be really easy to practice. So thinking I was extra clever, I brought the items necessary with me so I could teach my teacher how to do that exactly. I even brought paper plates and a knife and of course 
peanut butter. And I like peanut butter a little, so I don't buy it in small jars. What's the point? And then, of course, some bread. So thinking that I was clever, I knew that my teacher, I wasn't first, so I knew she was going to be hard on me, and I was going to have to tell her exactly what to do without missing a beat, exactly in part because she assured us that she was going to temporarily forget that she knew anything about this topic, what we were doing, why we were doing it. I had to be very specific, she said, because she was going to do exactly what I said. So I remember standing up there and taking a deep breath, And trying to be clever, I remembered to tell her to take out two pieces of bread and put them on the plate. So far, so good. And then I remember being very proud of myself that I remembered to tell her to open the peanut butter because this is obvious, but she told me to be specific. Then I told her, put peanut butter on the knife. So she did. (laughs) I was not very impressed. Then I got a little flustered as she obviously put the whole tub on top of the knife. And it was a little tricky there because not only was this not what I intended, but I wasn't really supposed to make changes as I went along. I had pre-written this out and she was looking at what I had written. So I got a little flustered and I insisted. I was like, no, 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 you can't do that. And she just laughed at me. And so she let me fix it. And I said, no, 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 no. Okay, put the knife in the jar and get peanut butter out with it. So she did that. And mind you, she told me later she was really nice about it because she didn't even put the handle side in. (laughs) Feeling a little better, I continued on and I said, now, put the peanut butter on one piece of bread with the knife. So she did. (laughs) I was not having a good day. As we went from step to step, you can easily see how my frustration would grow as I very clearly knew that she was just trying to get to me, and it worked. And eventually I remember, you know what I mean? Can't you just do what I said, what I ask? But that's kind of the kicker in this story, isn't it? That she did, in fact, do exactly as I asked. And the truth is, sometimes that's true in other parts of our lives, even when people aren't being a little bit of a punk on purpose, right? Sometimes We think that people around us know what we need, only later to discover that we are on different pages all together with the clarity that we were so sure was there in our own minds, not being clearly communicated despite our best efforts to do so. Peanut butter can have a mind of its own. In the case of this sandwich, uh, this all might have gone very differently. After we were all done, not even just after I was done, she was clear to say, you know, this might have been different, but not one of us in the class that year started out by telling her what we were going to do and why. And perhaps, she said, if when we started, you said, we are going to make a sandwich, and this is what a sandwich is, then maybe she would have more fully understood the implicit directions that I had otherwise thought were clear. Now, I don't think that's just true 
in high school speech class when you have to make a peanut butter sandwich. Our end goal that we often have in mind, well, sometimes it's a little bit like that secret missing ingredient, right? Like how even though I have the recipe, my fudge will never taste like my grandmother's right? Or how sometimes it's other stuff too. Speaking of the school example, if we have any teachers among us, I wonder if any teacher has ever left lesson plans that were actually followed how they wanted them done. No matter how hard the the sub tries, it's never going to be exactly as we had in mind. And that's true in the things that matter deeply in our lives too. Like what's our purpose or our mission or our goals in life? Sometimes we aren't really sure what they are to start with, but even when we are, it can be easy to think that the people around us understand that too, or that they should know what we're doing or working towards, but we're not always good at first explaining the what or the why. And I think we do this both in our personal lives and in our professional ones. I know for me here as the senior pastor of First Church, I, it is not uncommon for me to say, and why are we doing this? Well, because in my role here as senior pastor, my goal is to try and vet everything we do through our mission and our purpose and our values. And I sit with those and I read them every day, even though they are committed to memory. And yet, I wonder... How many of us in the life of the church even know what those are? I know them. I hope that our staff knows them. I thought about quizzing them, but we'll be nice. (laughs) Hopefully our leadership team knows them as well. Maybe some of the rest of us too. But the thing about that is that some of us, like me, spend so much time thinking about them that I forget the importance of sharing them as foundational things that shape everything else that we do here. We throw them on the screens before worship in our sliding announcements or maybe on the back of our bulletin, and I just assume, well, everyone else is reading them and living into them and can picture that big picture that we dream about together, even when clearly that's not reality. It's a bit like trying to dictate how to make a peanut butter sandwich when we have not first explained that the goal is to spread the peanut butter evenly on a slice of bread or two if you really like it, and then to put the slices together so that together we have what I would call a sandwich. If I don't share that first, then you end up with what my teacher gave me of Well, smashed bread and a sticky mess, to put it lightly, right? And that's kind of how our faith is, too, sometimes, isn't it? It can feel a little like things get smashed or they get a little bit sticky. The text that I want to read for us today, it comes from the New Testament, Galatians chapters 5 and 6. Our passage that I'm going to read begins in verse 25, and it's worth noting that immediately before these verses, the Apostle Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to talk about those in a minute, too. But the fruits of the Spirit are expanded a little in these verses that we're going to read, in which the Apostle Paul says to us, starting in verse 25, that if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. 
take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, then of course, then they deceive themselves, and all must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride, for all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all and especially for those of the family of faith. Here ends our reading today. This last verse, verse 10, it says that whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. And I wonder if anyone hears those words, and while the ones before them may have been a little bit more challenging, I get to this line and I think, well, obviously, obviously, if we are a people of faith, we want to work for good in the world and not for ill. But like telling someone who has never made a sandwich how to make one, let alone one that's edible, mind you, it isn't as obvious as perhaps we want it to be. And that's how it is with our faith. That's why I hope that we are finding ways to grow in our own faith every day by doing things like reading scripture that can challenge us to grow and to root us in the basics of who we are called to be. And who is it exactly that we are called to be? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> According to these words from the Apostle Paul in Galatians, we are called to be a people who, first and foremost, live by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, he says, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Now, to do so, the text give us a, gives us a lot of examples. It tells us to not be conceited or competitive or envious. It tells us not to be tempted or deceitful or corrupt. And then, perhaps most of all, it says to not grow weary in doing what is right. To not grow weary in doing what is right. But do, by the way, it says to be gentle. Do be gentle. Do encourage one another as you help each other bear one another's burdens. Do share in all the good things, too. And know that in the good things and the hard ones, that God is with you. And don't just know these things, by the way. Because sometimes we can have knowledge that rests well in our head that doesn't always make it to our heart. Don't just know these things, but live by them. Live by the Holy Spirit that wants to lead you and guide you and shape your life.
It is one thing. It is a different thing entirely to move from knowing the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to putting this into practice as we start to follow that lead. Practicing these instructions, doing our part to keep that which is right, and not just in the world's eyes, by the way, but in God's eyes, to keep those things in front of us. To keep the things that are right in the eyes of the Spirit in front of us and leading us and teaching us is to live into the fullness of the fruits of the Spirit that you see listed on the screens in front of us. The fruits of the Spirit that are love and joy and peace and patience, that are kindness and generosity, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's not a very easy list, is it? I think sometimes it can be hard to live into these. Even the things that we maybe think shouldn't be, it can be hard to be kind when you're faced in a cruel world sometimes. It can be hard to be joyful when we're living through hardship. It's hard to be patient when we wish the doctor would just call us with those test results already. And it's hard to be gentle sometimes, not just with others, but perhaps most of all with ourselves. When we are frustrated with our willingness or our ability to do certain things, to be a certain way, when we're struggling to be more patient and live into other fruits, or maybe when you're up against a deadline that you wish you had made more uh, progress on last week, but, well, there was other stuff last week, right? Living into these fruits isn't easy. And as much as we might not like this answer, the truth is it's not meant to be easy. But just because it isn't easy doesn't mean it is important, and it doesn't mean it isn't worth it. And so what are we supposed to do with that? Hopefully, we know that we can begin as with all faithful things by leaning into these things first with prayer. All faithful things should begin and be surrounded by prayer. Prayer, hopefully, that leads us into action, that maybe changes us from the inside out, and that reminds us of the second important truth, that we should be embracing God's love, that we should know who and whose we are. You are God's beloved. And then third, prayerfully leaning into this truth, we can use these first two to discern the direction and purpose and values that God is leading us to lean into. We should be doing all of these things in our own personal lives, just as in our community ones. And here in our community of First Church, we have done some of these things over the past year. Uh, last year, this past January, we met as a congregation to build upon our existing mission and purpose to further discern what our values might be as a congregation as well. Our values, by the way, that are not even close to the only thing that we value. That list would be infinitely long, and it was when we started that process. But our values help us to remember what our top priorities are. As a congregation, how do we live into our top priorities first so that we can faithfully follow where the Spirit is leading us? 
And so at our values workshop, we prayed and we shared stories of God's love in our midst. And we shared both who First Church has been and who we are and who we think God is leading us to be in the future. And as we did that, we discerned together this list of five values that we lift up as a congregation. Worship, music, fellowship, children and youth, and community service. To worship is to gather as a community, to connect with God through hearing the word and prayer and music, sharing in sacraments, offering our time, our talents, and our resources. Music, of course, is a part of worship, but it's also an important value on its own here in our midst. It means that we believe in the importance of having a wide variety of songs and instruments and voices that invoke uplifting emotional and spiritual responses for a variety of people. Fellowship is important not just because we hopefully like each other, but also because it means that we are committed to nurturing all generations on our discipleship journey toward becoming cared for, loved, and loving members of our faith community. Our children and youth means that we specifically focus on them so they can help to grow. We care about the faith formation and education of young people so that they can become disciples and leaders through Jesus Christ. And community service is important because we want to always remember that nothing we do is actually about us. As we put God in our center, we know that God calls us to look beyond ourselves. So community service is about meeting the spiritual and physical needs of people beyond the walls of our church through hands-on activities, goods, and prayers. And so whether you were in the room in January and again in March as we came up with this list prayerfully, or maybe you're seeing this list for the first time here today, I hope that you see this list and it connects to some of your lived experiences and ministries here at First Church. I hope that that is part of your lived experience of how we live our lives in ministry together. With these values in front of us, it makes me wonder, what does it mean for us to live by God's spirit and not our own? What does it mean to, or what does it look like to live into these values that are given to us through prayer and reliance upon God instead of the things that we so often want to live by? What does it mean to tie these values together with our mission and purpose? Our mission, by the way, that is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We are in the business of disciple making, but first we have to be disciples. And how do we do that? Through our purpose of connecting, growing, and serving. And we do that through the lens of these focus areas of our values. Music and worship and fellowship and children and youth and community service. Those are in no particular order, by the way. How can we more fully live into these values in our individual and communal lives? My guess is if I gave everybody a tablet of sticky notes and invited you to plaster them all over the church of how we could live into these, that list would be infinitely long and we'd have even more ideas than I could ever imagine. But we have to start somewhere, don't we? 
And fortunately, we know that you know this. I'm preaching to the proverbial choir in some ways, right? Because clearly you understand the importance of worship or you wouldn't be here today. Here, as we worship, we honor God with our worship and our time and our music. We even tied some of the others in. We have a special time for children during our time of worship. We have opportunities for service and fellowship like some of those we've lifted up and others that are in the back of the sanctuary. Not an accident, by the way, that our place of worship has tables in the room where we can be reminded of the importance of moving beyond this place and taking God with us. We have fellowship in our coffee hour and when we greet one another at the start of our service, we honor one another with our prayers and our presence and our voices. And it's important that these come together and not just on Sunday, by the way, that means that we have opportunities like the food giveaway next week or the 11 of us who went down to Sioux Falls on Wednesday morning this past week where we got to pack the exact boxes that we're gonna give away this coming week. We have children and youth programming that happens every Wednesday night. And I would argue choir and bells are discipleship opportunities as we grow in community. We have men's group that meet on Saturday and a women's Bible study on Thursday. I mean, I could carry on, but we get the point, right? All around us, every day, we have opportunities to embrace and live into our values. And so as we focus in this season on ways that we can reset or reprioritize or relaunch into these values that God is calling us to during this season, I want to entrust this list to your care and to remind you that these are not just First Church's values, but they're yours. Because all that we do here, this is our end goal, is to live into these And while we may not know the fullness yet of how God is going to continue to call us and the Spirit is going to lead us to continue to work on and live into these values together, it sure is helpful to know what we're working towards, isn't it? I mean, otherwise, I think we'd be like my poor teacher who was supposedly so confused when she couldn't even make a sandwich for lack of understanding what the goal was. The truth is today and every day moving forward, we are invited to embrace and live into these values that God sets before us. That we would encourage one another, that we would not grow weary of doing what is right, and that we would stand together, that whenever we have the opportunity, as it says in verse 10, We would work for the good of all, and especially for those in the family of faith. I would add that we would work for the good of all here in First Church and also beyond. Friends, let us live into the wholeness and the fullness of this gift that God has given us, and may we not grow weary. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we give thanks for the gift of your Holy Spirit that leads us, that guides us, that equips us. We thank you for the challenge of living into these fruits of your spirit each and every day. And we thank you for the invitation and reminder that we do these things together. So may you give us the strength that we need indeed to not grow weary as together we work for the good of all here in First Church 
and beyond. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.